Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello, Six Packers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode number 13. Recently, someone asked me a question about selling Catholicism. What that person was really wondering was how you can share the faith in the midst of all the scandal with a pope who thinks heresy is acceptable and with bishops who have seemed to manage to replace their spines with jelly. Well, I've got an answer for that that I think every Catholic needs to hear. I do need to apologize for one thing, though. As you can see, the title of this episode is Selling Catholicism. In my home, that's what we call a nublia title. I'll tell you what I mean by that when we return. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step -step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. As I said, selling Catholicism is an oublia title. In order for you to understand that, I need to explain what oublia is. Years ago in a western state, a senator was running for re-election, so he scheduled a lot of speech-making events across the state. One of those events was scheduled for an Indian reservation, and this was in the days before Indian tribes got rich with casinos. The senator got on stage and began to speak. He did as all politicians do and began making campaign promises. When he made his first promise, the assembled crowd of Indians began to shout, Oublia! Oublia! in massive unison. This got the senator excited, so he began making all sorts of promises. Oublia! Oublia! they'd shout. Each new promise the senator made was bigger than the one before. Oublia! Oublia! 
He said, I'll put two chickens in every pot. Oublia, oublia. I'll put a TV in every teepee. Oublia, oublia. The senator was so much into the crowd's response that he went overtime. When he finally finished, his chief of staff said, Senator, you went a bit long and that put us behind schedule. We're going to have to hurry so we're not late for your next speech. Just then, the Indian guide addressed the senator and his chief of staff, saying, I can shave a little time by taking a shortcut back to your car by cutting through this cow pasture, but you're going to have to watch out for the piles of oubliades we go through. So that's what I mean by selling Catholicism being an oubliade title. In reality, we don't sell Catholicism. Robert Cardinal Sarah was asked in an April 5 interview, how can we convert without resorting to proselytism as denounced just recently by Pope Francis during a trip to Morocco? He responded that the church has been given a mandate from Jesus. All power has been given me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to observe what I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you until the end of time. The church cannot avoid this urgent task, he added. The African prelate went on to quote St. Paul on the subject. Woe to me, said St. Paul, if I do not evangelize. This is what missionaries did in Africa and on other continents. In their first contact with people, they immediately presented the gospel and its demands without ever forcing anyone. I do not know of any missionary who has forced a people to become Christian, but evangelizing is a duty. Cardinal Sarah stated that Jesus is the only way to salvation. Even while yet a catechumen, I began sharing the Catholic faith with anyone who was warm, had a pulse, could at least communicate with grunts, and would stand still long enough to listen. Since then, I've considered myself a lay evangelist. But I'm not what you typically think of as a lay evangelist. Some who call themselves lay evangelists, the ones you typically think of as lay evangelists, make big bucks preaching to the choir on the Catholic speaker circuit. They've never made a convert in their lives, or maybe only a few, but they spend their time and efforts attempting to motivate the lay faithful to share the faith. I'm not saying this sort of lay evangelist doesn't have a place. What they do is actually a good thing, but there's little doubt in my mind that they want to make a full-time living preaching to the choir and have the name recognition of Catholics like Dr. Scott Hahn, who is incidentally a very good man and Catholic. If it weren't so that they're more interested in earning a living than sharing the faith, rather than spending all their productive time booking speaking gigs, they'd use that time to actually reach out to souls. I don't have a problem with them speaking to the groups of people and making money. Many of them are very good at it. I just think they shouldn't call themselves lay evangelists. They're not. They're speakers. Period. The other types of lay evangelists, who are very rare, are the ones who draw big crowds with their preaching. That's a tremendously great thing, but they're not able to follow through with the souls they reach and risk losing them altogether. That's the problem with large crowds, unless you've managed to establish a productive system for follow-up. They plant seeds, but most folks don't know what to do or where to go to get those seeds watered and grown. In this case, we can take a few lessons from the late Billy Graham. He did manage to set up a system of follow-up, 
It was easier for him than it would be for us, though. Mission accomplished for Billy Graham was merely getting a person to make an act of faith during an altar call. Mission accomplished would be much more complex for us. Still, I think it could be done. I've just never felt called to do it that way. Me? I take a little different approach. I've managed to stay under the radar and not attract attention over the years in my work with individuals and small groups. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts and reverts over the last 30 years, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. I'm not bragging about the converts. I know I've just been a tool and nothing more. After all, the Holy Spirit could just enlighten every person's soul with Catholic truth and let each one make a decision then and there. I'm not really necessary at all, but God's chosen to use human intervention for sharing the gospel message. My experiences have demonstrated to me that a huge percentage of Catholics want to evangelize. They actually want to, but they don't know how, and they're afraid to try on their own. I get that. Doing something like this is outside the realm of most people's experience, and it can be pretty scary. Anything outside your comfort zone is scary. So this episode's for all those Catholics who want to learn to evangelize and live the true meaning of the Great Commission. Point number one, regardless of how you see yourself, if you're a practicing mass-attending Catholic, you're called to be a lay evangelist. Of course, the term lay evangelist implies in the minds of most people a full-time effort. That's not the way it is, though. Although I'll be using the term lay evangelist throughout this episode, just think of yourself as a typical Catholic who has a moral obligation to share the faith with others, whether it's a fallen-away Catholic you know or someone who isn't a Catholic. Before I tell you how to evangelize, let me make one thing perfectly clear. This principle is absolutely vital to your sanity and success in sharing the faith. In fact, until I learned this principle, I was constantly stressed out and had a sense of aggressive urgency that inquirers would always pick up on and would usually scare them off. So if you learn the simple principle and make it a part of your being, your efforts at sharing the faith will make you a rock star among lay evangelists in God's eyes. Here's the principle. Look, you're not responsible for success. You're only responsible for doing what God expects of you. Making converts is his responsibility. Don't try to go above and beyond the call of duty to make converts. You can't make converts anyway, and all you can accomplish is getting in God's way. So just relax, breathe deeply, and do what you know you're supposed to do, which is share the faith. Don't worry about anything else. To use a tired old slogan, just let go and let God. Now let's get back to how I ride in this rodeo. When I share the faith, I don't do it as you may typically be used to hearing it. Oh, I use the traditional Q&A format, catechesis all right, but I don't do it in the boring old rope method. That's a real yawner. Instead, in my presentations, I become a storyteller. I include history, church and papal documents, patristics, apologetics, and anecdotal information from the lives of the saints, former students, other people I've known or heard about, and myself. Anything I believe might be relevant to the topic and interesting to the people I'm talking to. And I only speak in the common language of the average pew-sitting Joe Sixpack Catholic. The result? Well, as I mentioned, there have been a lot of converts. And the reason I tell a lot of stories is that's the way the boss did it 2,000 years ago. 
The key is to make it intriguing, avoiding boredom, to be excited about your Catholic faith without being phony about it. You see, excitement is contagious, which is why my students never yawn and always stay engaged. Remember, though, you can't have a phony excitement. Your listeners will spot you as a phony in a second, and you'll lose all credibility. If you can't be excited about the faith, it's because you haven't thoroughly learned it yet. Now let's talk about you for a moment. Presumably, you're a Catholic. I can't imagine a non-Catholic listening to this or even having an interest. But a devout Catholic with all the right intentions? Hey, that's right up your alley. You're no doubt familiar with the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the documents of Vatican II, the Apostles' Creed, the Sacraments, the Ten Commandments, the Code of Canon Law, and the seemingly endless obligations they place on a Catholic. Well, all those obligations can be boiled down to two primary obligations. I like to keep it simple. Your two primary obligations are to become a saint and to share the faith. Every other obligation falls under these two primary obligations, and you can't accomplish one without the other. Jesus told us in Matthew 5.48, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You'll notice by the language he used that this isn't a suggestion but a command because he used the word must. He didn't say it's a goal to shoot for, He didn't tell us to give it that old college try. He said we must become perfect. How perfect? As perfect as God the Father. And how perfect is God the Father? Infinitely perfect. Is it possible to become perfect? Well, you bet it is. Perfection is the very definition of sainthood. All of the saints were perfect by the time they died. They perhaps didn't achieve absolute perfection until they went through their final passion just prior to death, but they did get there. Indeed, most saints probably had to have recourse to confession right up until their final passion, but because of all their past efforts, they were able to persevere at the end and achieve perfection. Achieving sainthood is more than possible, but we can't do it on our own. We simply have to develop a prayer life relationship with God and continually ask Him for the graces to advance in holiness. Will you mess up? Sure you will. You might even commit mortal sin from time to time on your journey to sainthood. The key is to take Christ's example. The church teaches that all three times He fell under the burden of the cross on the way to Calvary, a metaphorical description for mortal sin, He got right back up again. That's what we have to do every time we fall. In other words, pray an immediate act of contrition and plod forward with a fresh resolve to do as you ought. I'd strongly recommend you get a good spiritual director. Be careful about who you choose to direct your soul. Just because a man's a priest doesn't necessarily mean he'll make a good spiritual director. There are some priests in the world who aren't faithful to the church's teaching or their sacerdotal vows, as the most recent scandals show, but I'm not too worried about you seeking out one like that as a spiritual director. Most priests aren't like that. In fact, most priests are good, holy men who take seriously the teachings of their church and their priestly vows. But you still have to be careful, not because they aren't good priests, but because they might not be equipped for the task. Not all priests are equipped to be spiritual directors. Most aren't trained for it, and among those who are, most haven't been trained in classical spiritual direction. 
Priests who aren't trained or who have been trained in this modern psychologically based mumbo-jumbo crap might possibly end up having the opposite of the desired effect and cause grave consequences to your immortal soul. That's not the intention of the priest, though. That's just what it is. In addition to avoiding the sorts of priests I have mentioned, I wholeheartedly recommend you avoid asking a nun or a layperson to direct you. There may be some very good ones out there, I'm sure, but your best bet is always a priest, because the priest possesses the sacramental graces of holy orders. The age of the priest doesn't matter, only the degree of apparent holiness. My spiritual director has only been a priest about eight years, but he's a very holy man who's well-versed in classic spiritual direction. And under no circumstances let anyone get away with telling you the old ways of spiritual direction don't work anymore, that mankind and the church have advanced beyond those archaic ways. Baloney! Only booger-eating morons will tell you something like that. Times may change, but man is the very same as he was when our first parents gave us original sin. Besides, how many saints do we produce today with the so-called new ways? When classical spirituality and direction were at a peak, hundreds, maybe even thousands, of saints came flowing out of the heart of the church. If classical spirituality was good enough for the likes of St. Teresa of Avila, St. Anthony of Padua, St. John Bosco, and innumerable others, it should certainly be good enough for you. I'll continue about this in our next episode. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step -step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to LifeSite News. 
Pope Emeritus Benedict finally breaks silence on abuse crisis with a new open letter. It certainly demonstrates that he and Francis are miles apart on the causes of the scandal. You can read the full text of this letter by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to LifeSite News. By the barest possible majority, the Catholic University of America's Student Government Association resolved to demand that the university shut down access to 200 of the most notorious pornography websites on its Wi-Fi network. So much for the Catholicity of modern Catholic colleges. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to LifeSite News. Last week, Pope Francis asked Christians in Morocco not to actively seek converts to their faith, saying that the paths of mission are not those of proselytism. The Pope did not explain what he meant by proselytism. Cardinal Sarah was asked by a news source in an April 5 interview, how can we convert without resorting to proselytism as announced just recently by Pope Francis during his trip to Morocco. He responded that the church has been given a mandate from Jesus. All power has been given me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe what I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you until the end of time. The church cannot avoid this urgent task, he added. The African prelate went on to quote St. Paul on the subject, Woe to me, said St. Paul, if I do not evangelize. This is what missionaries did in Africa and on other continents. In their first contact with people, they immediately presented the gospel and its demands without ever forcing anyone. I do not know of any missionary who has forced the people to become Christian, but evangelizing is a duty. Cardinal Sarah stated that Jesus is the only way to salvation. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to LifeSite News. As a Canadian father fights to stop court-ordered testosterone treatments for his 14-year-old daughter, U.S. experts warn there's an increasing danger that more and more American parents will find themselves in a similar heart-rending predicament. Yes, it is really that bad, Michelle Cretella, president of American College of Pediatrics, told LifeSite News. Parents are losing their right to protect their children from this dangerous medical experiment, and extended family members fare no better, she told LifeSite News. There are gender surgeons pushing to eliminate age restrictions on the removal of reproductive organs and genital surgeries. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick Number 1 Hats off to LifeSite News. Overnight reactions to Pope Emeritus Benedict's April 10 letter about the sexual abuse crisis were mixed, with many of Pope Francis' most vocal champions criticizing it, while those who were more cautious about the current pontificate praised it. Traditional-minded Catholics tend to read the work with respect, noting the importance of Benedict's testimony. Some suggested that he hadn't dealt with the issues surrounding the abuse crisis sufficiently, however, while others wondered about the letter's authenticity. 
You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. A young Jew living in North Africa fell in love with a Protestant minister's daughter and asked his permission to marry her. The minister told the young fellow he'd never give his daughter's hand to an unbelieving Jew. Later, however, the minister told his daughter he'd give his consent to marriage, but only if she could convert the young man to Christianity. The Jewish lad had accepted the challenge, and the young couple began an earnest study of religions. They compared books, discussed teachings, studied scripture, and went as in-depth as they could. In the end, both the boy and the girl converted to the Catholic Church. Jesus founded only one church, which is the true religion that will surely bring all men to eternal salvation. The Catholic Church claims to be the true religion, and we can prove it. That's the reason these two young people didn't embrace the Jewish or Protestant religion, but the Catholic faith. I'll see you next time, Six Packers. And remember, comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.